Please be seated. I want to thank God for this opportunity to serve for Trinity Church Eindhoven. It is indeed a great privilege. Every church is unique. Every church is having its own specialities. I have been a pastor for some time, and I would say that this church is indeed very, very unique. It will take some time for me to understand what is going on here, and I'm sure with God being my help, I would uh, join the ministry well. The strength of any church is measured on the number of volunteers it has. And uh, Trinity Church Eindhoven has got plenty of volunteers, and that shows the strength of this church. And I'm fortunate that I'm able to come and work with these wonderful people. Now, this is my first sermon to Trinity Church. I think I'm using a neutral accent. If you are not able to follow my English, please come back and tell me, and I will try to correct myself. Um, it should be easy enough for you to understand, but if you find it difficult, I'm willing to learn and correct. We will dwell on the gospel portion that is read to us. The, um, the dishonest manager, uh, that's the title given to my uh, Bible passage. Um, it has got various other titles as well. We will dwell on this parable, but we will also look at the first lesson that was read to us. We all handle money. Without money, it is almost impossible to live. Money is essential. We all have money. Without money, it is impossible, impossible to live. Someone said, if you live 80 years, you will spend 50 of them thinking about money one way or other. Yes, our minds are filled with the need of money. And we know that we cannot live without money. That's one side. But the other side is that most of our problems come from money. Paul rightly says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So at one side, we see the need of money. On the other side, we see money brings problem. So we see a dilemma here. This is what I think Jesus is talking in this parable, parable of unjust uh, manager or dishonest manager. I think there are two strong lessons uh, come out of this parable. Number one, you need to know what money can do, what wealth can do, what is its limitations. And its limitation is very, very uh, short. It, it fails. 
And in fact, in this parable, Jesus called wealth as dishonest, dishonest wealth. That's one lesson. The other lesson is how best you can make use of the money. What can you do to make the maximum out of the dishonest wealth? These two lessons come very powerfully in this parable. This parable is considered as complicated. It is considered complicated. It is all because Jesus drives home a good lesson from a bad example, a bad example from which he brings a good lesson. Another thing, we consider this as complicated, it's all because the dishonest manager is uh, appreciated, commended by the rich uh, uh, man. That's again a reason why people think that it is complicated, but it's a simple story. I think it's very straightforward. Now let's go, go to the parable. A rich man had a manager and in charge for all his estates, many estates. He was responsible for all the receivables. He has to collect all that was due to, uh, the, ma uh, to the master, the owner. Remember, he is not the owner of all the estates, not at all. He is just a steward. Uh, he has to give account of what he receives, and he has to uh, take a record of all that he received. So uh, a very straightforward job. He has nothing to do with the property. He has to only receive and make sure that he gives good account to his master. He's just a worker, a steward. Of course, since he's in charge for many estates, he has got his own privileges, and he started enjoying those privileges. Now, as the money comes in, the big amount comes in, he fell for it, and he started helping himself. And that's where the problem started. The master is very, very good. He's very generous. He's not checking on him at all. Uh, he gives him the full freedom. Uh, generous uh, uh, master. And he misunderstood the master's generosity and he started helping himself. Helping himself. In other words, he started pursuing money, not pursuing the master. Master is very generous, very good. He gave him a big responsibility. He forgot, he forgot all that, and he started pursuing money. That's where the problem happened, that started. Uh... Now, we need to ask this question to ourselves. God is the owner of everything. He is the one who has given everything that we have. Uh, anything that you have is from God. Um, the wealth that you have, the car that you have, the house that you have, or uh, the good health that you enjoy, the intellect that you use, the hard work that you are able to put in, everything is given by God. 
Now, how are we acknowledging it? Uh, that's the point that we need to remember here. If we say that it's my hard work that I brought these uh, wealth to myself, then we are on, we are not on the right track. We are calling trouble to ourselves. Because without him, nothing was possible in my life. He is the one who brings everything to my uh, life. God is the source. He is the one who mercifully allowed um, the sun to come every morning and uh, the uh, moon to come every evening. And he is the source of every blessing that is there in this world. So we cannot take credit to ourselves. But the manager misunderstood everything and he started following the money, started going behind money. And when he was caught, he should have used that as a means to repent and come back to the master. But he did not do that because he was already immersed in the wealth or in the money that he generated. He could not come out of it. He's immersed in that. And therefore, he further did something to follow the money. And the debtors were also hand in gloves with him. So money is like that. Someone very beautifully said, money is like sea water. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. Yes, that's the problem. He is already deep into it. And therefore, he was not able to come back and ask forgiveness to his master, but he pursued the path of wealth or path of money. Now, when he was caught, the master very clearly said, the time is up. You are to come and settle the accounts with me. A very short period was given. In fact, the master called him and said, bring the accounts. So he had to go home and bring the accounts to him. He knew that he's fired. So he used a narrow window of opportunity to help himself again. That's what he did. Um, what he did, he immediately called all the debtors to his house. Probably as he was going home, he called all the debtors and come, come to my home immediately, immediately. So all these debtors came to his home and he manipulated the uh, books, manipulated the accounts. Uh, the one who had to give 900 gallons of uh, oil, he said, I'm giving you 50% discount, I'm going to change it, and you have to pay only 450 gallons of olive oil, uh, which means I have taken care of you, now remember, you have to take care of me. And the same he did with others. Uh, hundred acres of uh, wheat field, and he said, whatever you have uh, earned, uh, do one thing. I'm giving you 20% discount. Uh, I took care of you. You please take care of me. Only two examples are given. Probably several such debtors, he minused their uh, payables and for that, uh, with, through which he helped, uh, he, he, he thought that he would be taken care in his uh, uh, 
future. Because he assessed his situation, he knew that he cannot go and dig, he cannot go and be a laborer. He assessed his situation and he knew that he cannot go and beg. Uh, begging is not good for him, it, he is ashamed of it. So he thought that uh, only opportunity is available to me, that is to uh, manipulate the accounts. Now, he wanted to pursue this money, thinking that the money will give him a safe future, a secure future. Whether it has given or not, nothing is mentioned here. We will come to that a little later. Now the master commented on his action. The master said he acted shrewdly. Uh, this is where the problem is. The scholars are not uh, very convinced of why the word shrewdly. But if you look at the original uh, Greek uh, text, it, the scholars come to some kind of an agreement that this says that the manager acted wisely, smartly, uh, uh, astutely. Uh, he was, he made use of the time and he made use of the opportunities that were there in his hand. In other words, he acted immediately without the loss of time and also whatever was available to him, he made use to himself. That's the reason the manager, uh, sorry, the master appreciated him. Now, Jesus in this parable says, the children of light are not of that smart, are not that wise. By saying that, Jesus is saying that, look, children of light, be like him. Children of life, children of light, be like him. What does Jesus say through this uh, to us? Jesus is saying that the time that we have on this earth is a shorter period. We have got a narrow window of opportunity. Make use of it so that you can have people in the eternal home welcoming you. You can make people to stand in the eternal home that is our heaven to welcome you, to welcome you. There are various ways we can look at it. How can we make people stand in the heaven for us? That's the question. Number one, yes, you can give it to church. Church is the place where we reach out to people. We want to see that many people come to know Jesus. So give it to church. The dishonest wealth can be used uh, uh, to the church. Or you can give it to a missionary organization. The missionary organization uh, go out and reach the people with the gospel and bring them to the faith in Jesus, and they are going to stand in the heaven welcoming you. You know, I remember a missionary organization uh, whose motto is this, go or send, go. If you are called to go and preach the gospel, go. If you are not able to go, if you are not called to go, 
then you do one thing, send. By giving money, you are going to send people. So by these things, you are going to send people to heaven who are going to stand and welcome you. You have been given a little opportunity, a narrow window of opportunity, a less time, act quickly. Other things that we can do is arrange a Christmas party in your home, call your neighbors, and present the gospel to them. You know, this gospel has got power. It has got power which is unimaginable. It's like a seed. You throw the seed on the ground. You don't do anything. But the seed comes out to life. I've been a missionary for some years, eight years I have been a missionary in North India. Uh, people come from India will know. Uh, I was in a place called Bihar where we went village after village preaching the gospel for three and a half years. Uh, during our time, nothing has happened. No church was planted. Uh, we had received oppositions after oppositions. After several years, I heard that there were nine churches planted there. It's all because of the seed that is sown, not because of our strategy, not because of our hard work, not because of our uh, eloquent preaching, no. The gospel has got the power to penetrate and to bring results. So you call people to your home for Christmas party and run a program. Ask a pastor or somebody to preach the gospel. And this is all, these are all the ways you are going to send people to heaven to welcome you. Our time is running very uh, fast, so I will try to finish it very quickly. And in this parable, Jesus is also saying that do not be like him. Uh, you know, Jesus is saying like him. But he says that do not be like him. Why we should not be like him? Because he was dishonest. Little things, he couldn't be honest. If in, he's not trustworthy in little, how can he be trustworthy in uh, 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 many things. So Jesus is saying, don't be like him. Don't be like him. This is where we have to go to the uh, first lesson that was read to us from Amos. People were dishonest. They did not want to uh, come to Sabbath for worship. They wanted the Sabbath worship to be ended quickly so that they can go make money, money, money. Not only they were making money, they were making money through illegal means. 41 years of Jeroboam II rule was a very peaceful time. Israel enjoyed prosperity during this time. No war. Borders were safe. And Israelites were making money, minting money through dishonest ways. They were making poor to pay high price. They rejected uh, the poor, manipulated, exploited the poor. The righteous was ignored. Righteous uh, were not given their space. 
they thought that everything is fine. Prosperity was in its peak. If you look at the history of Israel, you would notice that Jeroboam II period is uh, full of prosperity. Prosperity was in its peak. You could buy anything and everything. Costly perfume was available in Israel. Amos, the one, the prophet from the south, he came to north and he said, things are not good at all. Things are not good at all in north. You are doing everything wrong. You are making money through uh, dishonest means. And he said, if this is going to continue, Assyrians are going to come, and your country is going to be destroyed. And that's what happened. See, in prosperity, they were not honest with the little things. And that brought disaster to them. Be faithful. God has given you whatever you hold in your hand. Be faithful in little, and you will also be faithful in much. The final thing uh, here is, Jesus is saying that, first Jesus is saying through this parable that um, you, you uh, follow him, you be like him. Secondly, Jesus said not to be like him. Thirdly, Jesus is saying, that do not follow him, do not follow him. Very quickly, this man pursued money. And in this parable, there are two places it is mentioned that uh, dishonest wealth, dishonest wealth, wealth is dishonest. Wealth itself is dishonest. Can we accept this? Um, Jesus is not talking about wealth being made out of dishonest means. Zacchaeus uh, uh, made money out of dishonest way. Uh, and since he has made money by extracting uh, from people, he has to give back. He said that I will give off of my property to the poor. Uh, if I have taken anything extra, then I'm going to give three times, four times back to them. If we have made money through uh, illegal means, you have to give back. That's not what Jesus is meaning here, dishonest uh, wealth. Jesus is saying that dishonest wealth, it is all because this has got limitations. It fails. It goes away. It cannot hold you till the end. Uh, we think that money can buy everything. No, money cannot buy anything, uh, everything. Uh, uh, we, we know there are many such sayings in the world. I will just say one or two things. You can buy food but not appetite. You can buy soft bed but not sleep. You can buy medicine but not health. The list goes on. Yes, money has uh, uh, limitations. We need to remember that. Um, it's a dishonest wealth. It appears that it gives you everything, but when you go inside, no, it cannot give you everything. Wealth is dishonest um, because it promises power and control, but cannot often deliver. It helps for some time, but eventually fails. Eventually it fails. It has limitations. 
It cannot come with us to heaven. You can send people to heaven, but you cannot carry uh, money to heaven. Its value is limited uh, when it comes to everlasting life. Wealth is dishonest because it is unevenly distributed throughout the world. We may say that I work very hard and therefore I have made this money, but people who worked more than I are earning very less than what I make. Wealth is dishonest because it is not evenly distributed. So Jesus called this dishonest wealth. As the manager uh, pursued money, please do not pursue money. That's what Jesus is teaching is teaching us because that is dangerous. We need to follow God. We cannot follow God and money. Both are diametrically opposed. Money will say, get, 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 but God will say, give, give, give. So we cannot pursue money. If we pursue, it has got limitations. And people did that in Israel, and they had faced the consequences. We had to catch hold of God. I'll just finish with this illustration. Uh, sorry, I have taken a little long. Lifespan of a dollar. Lifespan of a dollar. One dollar spent for lunch lost five hours. One dollar spent on neck tie lost five weeks. One dollar spent on buying a cap lost for five months. One dollar spent on buying automobile uh, lost for five years. One dollar spent on railroad lost for five decades. But one dollar spent on God's service lost for eternity. Serve God and use money to make new friends for the Lord. God bless us all. Amen.